You're listening to DraftKings Network. Today on The Cooligans, we have a very special episode. It's just me. It's just one Cooligan. It's Christian Polanco. Alexis Guerrero is not here. He's on vacation in San Francisco doing San Francisco stuff. You know, he's having burritos. He is having seafood. He's possibly getting gay married. I do not know. I hope it is the latter. Also, we have a very exciting show today. It is our first guest of The Cooligans podcast. It's an exciting time for us. We talked to comedian and ESPN commentator Reese Waters. Reese is a hilarious comic who I came up in the comedy scene with. We talk about a lot of things. He's on SportsCenter. He's the host of the off-center podcast on the ESPN radio. Hilarious guy. We talk a lot about his recent trip to Leicester City. He just came back from Leicester City. He was talking to the fans over there. We have a great talk. You're going to really love it. Also, you're listening to The Cooligans. Hi, this is Kyrie Shelton from New York City FC, and you're listening to The Cooligans. Hi, I'm RJ Allen for New York City Football Club, and you're listening to The Cooligans. This is Ian Joy. And you're listening to the Cooligans. Reese Waters, how's it going, man? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I would say I'm happy to be back, but I'm actually not very happy to be back because I left, uh, I left Leicester City to go to London to go to come back to Connecticut. So, um, I, I think I would have been better off stopping along the way. You know, that is that is a, a crazy thing to say because. Uh, before, you know, even maybe four or five months ago, nobody would have ever said they would have preferred to be in Leicester, in England, Leicester, England, as opposed to Connecticut uh, in the United States. It's, a, it's, it's, it's quite a turn of events. It is. It is quite a turn of events. And, you know, I, I, it, it, I've never been there before, obviously. And it's, no, no one has. No one has, Reese. Yeah, no one has. I think... <laughs> They they got on the map a few years ago. I think they found uh, Richard III's King Richard III's remains in a car park in Leicester, and that was the first time anybody knew that they existed. Yeah, and t- now, TMZ flew right over because they were fascinated. Yeah, that that was huge news. Um, I think Kanye assaulted one of the paparazzi on the way out to see the remains. Okay, so, <laughs> pretty uh, typical Kanye behavior. Yeah, typical Kanye behavior. But, you know, it, it was really interesting. Like, you know, my favorite part of, of being a comedian was always the travel. Um, you know, I, I mean, the offstage part, obviously, offstage is great. But I like going to different places and talking to different people and seeing what makes them tick and just seeing, the, you know, the big, the major differences that simple a simple factor as geography can make and how your culture and your life and everything. So when I'm going all the way out to uh, to Europe and then, you know, to Leicester, to a place I've never been to, um, it was all the more uh, interesting for me to try and, and, and figure these people out. But, you know, it actually wasn't um, – it, it was actually a lot easier to, to get into their heads than I thought it was going to be, you know. I, I, I didn't think it was going to be – you know, there was very easy uh, analogies to draw from – how they feel about their team and their prospects to, to us here in America. You know, as uh, it, crazy as it is for us to think of a team that was on the, you know, really on the precipice of being relegated, you know, um, which we don't even have. Uh, but, uh, you know, they kind of see it as, they see it as being every bit as amazing as we would see it as. 
It is. It. I mean, to me, that I, I was going to ask you about like things to compare it to when it when you think of American sports. I mean, for me, growing up in New York, the I like for me this less the the only comparison I can think of is 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 the New York Knicks making it to the second round of the playoffs. That is, a, I, I feel like funny. that is that is the same amount of excitement that we would get over here. That's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, it probably in terms of the media coverage, it would probably be close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think in terms of their their mindset, it reminded me a lot of the Cubs, actually. Okay. Uh, the, the Cubs, like another team that hasn't won in forever, and a lot of people think they're cursed. And because we actually, I actually went to Wrigley and did a fan piece uh, before the Cubs series against the Mets, and I was shocked at how confident the fans were. They really weren't wearing the scars of the years of disappointment. They felt like this was their year, and they were going to finish. And that's exactly how the people of Leicester felt. And I almost wanted to tell them the story of the Cubs and, and what happened when they ran into <laughs> yeah, the ground. Exactly. And, uh, just uh, just tell I them think, you know, tell them Santa isn't real. Just <laughs> right. Let them know. Right. I'm like, I didn't have a lot of backing there. You know, I didn't have a lot of boys there, so I decided to just roll with it. But you know, they I was pretty taken aback by it because you know, if you think about it, you know, they were five points up. When I went, and I believe they're still five points up because I believe they, uh, them, and Tottenham both won Correct. this past weekend. But um, so five points by American standings is a game and a half, right? Yeah, you're basically a game and a half up. And if a team is a game and a half up with seven games, eight games, nine games at that point to play, that's nothing. That's nothing. Like nobody's <laughs> celebrating up a game and a half. And eight games to play, but they acted like they like it was done. Like they acted like a not that it was done. They didn't act like it was. They weren't arrogant about it, but they they felt like a collapse needed to happen for them to not win it, which is not really the case when you're only a game and a half. Yeah, well, it's interesting. It's interesting because it it for Leicester it it almost feels like the collapse should have happened already. It, it it it's it's almost the dream can't die now. It's been too long. It's un, it's it would be so heartbreaking if in the next couple of games they lose that lead. Given that, especially the way the Premier League works, where there's no playoffs, that it, it's they've been sort of riding this high for so long, and all and the teams behind them with Tottenham and Arsenal and Manchester City, they've had every opportunity to 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 gain some ground, and they always mess up so it's kind of uh, uh it would be such a tragedy if if uh if they lost that lead this late in the year it really it really would be um i mean i, I mean obviously me having gone out there now like i you know i feel i feel horrible for the people left but it seems like this is the, the most amazing thing to me about about it is that it had never happened you know i would assume this might happen from time to time but people were literally saying the last time a team came out of nowhere like this was, uh, I think, the first year of the EPL. I'm trying to remember who won. Oh, yeah, I don't um, remember. I guess in, like, 95, right? 90, 95. Yeah, exactly. Like they that. say it had been that long. And even and even them, I mean, because, you know, they had been down, the less have been down for 10 years, and they almost got relegated again in their first year back up, which was last year. That's it right. It took a miracle for them to stay up. So, 
so even that story wasn't equivalent to this. So, you know, I, it seemed like it was long overdue, but the question I have is if this happens so rarely in, in, in English football, what keeps the other teams involved? Like, what keeps the other teams engaged? Because people <laughs> complain about People complain about American sports. They complain they say, oh, it's, it's always the, you know, it's the Lakers or it's the Spurs or it's the LeBron. It's always the big players. And, yeah. And, or it's always the Patriots or whatever the case. But you do get, you do get a Pistons. You know, you do get a Royal. It ha- yeah, it happens from time to time. Yeah. It happens from time to time. It can't never happen. <laughs> I'm like, why do you even feel the team? Yeah. Like, why, why does the Blackburn Rovers? What makes them think that this is going to be their year? They have no reason to think that. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I think about that all the time. Uh, so you know, I started really f- uh, following Everton uh, last season, right? And mm-hmm. the, Everton is like sort of notorious mid-table, not going anywhere, just not, not making Champions League, not getting relegated. And, there's, and the majority of the teams are that, where like after, you know, after about 20, 25 games in, into the season – you're not. You're just sort of hanging around, just because you know you you still have games on your calendar, and you're you're con- contractually obligated to keep going. Uh, so right. it, it is a right. it is a um. I you know I my theory is 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 sort of a cultural uh, uh, theory in that I just think British people, European people, the connection to the game is not as. Uh, uh, you know, in America, we, we we win or lose. What are you? We don't know draws. We don't know ties. So the the idea of just like going to support your club is it's 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 in, it's like more ingrained, you know, or, or or even more indoctrinated into into the supporters. So the idea of uh, of why are they still playing? That's not really. It's not about why. It's just about that's. It's like it's like you know in in uh, in Israel, right? Everybody in Israel ha- has to join the army, right? That's it, it's part of the you know it, it's law there, and that that's how I feel like the, the equivalent uh, of how it is in England. It is just the law to love a team and and support it blindly and support it forever. It is a marriage, you know. You can't. There's no real. Uh, um, it's, there's no gray area, you know. You know, I had a, a, an interesting conversation a couple of years ago with Ryan Bailey and a couple of other soccer journalists, and I was asking them why, you know, they always like to talk Americans and talk about how uh, fickle American fandom is compared to, uh, to to soccer, you know? Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, football, obviously, but as they call it. But So what they were saying was that because there's so much more history involved with the team. So, for instance, your family is from a certain part of England or a certain part of London or a certain part of Italy or a certain part of Spain or whatever the case may be. And whatever team it is that represents that literally is your identity. And it goes back generations and generations. So that that whole idea of identifying with the team is a real thing there. And I was like, that's funny you should mention that because I'm from D.C., so I'm a D.C. sports fan, but the rest of my family is in South Carolina. So that's how that's how that's how far back mine goes. <laughs> Not even one generation uh, <laughs> far back. Well, quite a so, his, quite uh, a history your family has. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, so while while you were in, in Leicester, 
uh, one thing I was curious about is like how how afraid uh, how afraid of the, are, are the Leicester fans that this will what they're seeing will never happen again? Is there a, is there a certain feeling like this is the year it has to happen, or they will never live to see Leicester City winning a Premier League title? Um, you know that's a good question. I actually asked that. I tried to ask that question a number of times, and I was like universally shut down. Like they refused to. <laughs> address, you know, anything moving forward. I seem to think that they feel like they have the, the cornerstones to having a competitive team for the next couple of years, but they just didn't want to say that. Okay. Because that was my question. That was my question. Because, you know, sometimes you'll have a team, um, you know, I'm trying to, the Warriors is a great example, right? Like the Warriors didn't really add a ton of pieces. They kind of, their pieces started to gel a little bit better. And obviously they changed coaches, which, which, uh, Lester also did. And, and all of a sudden their, their philosophy on the field is different. And now all of a sudden you have what was a pretty good to middling team that's dominant. And it just kind of happened out of nowhere. So that does happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not common. So that was my question was, you know, is this the team that, played most of last year? Is this the team that has played all of this year or is it somewhere in the middle? You know, um, it's, it, it's, a, it's a fascinating question, but they, they, you know, they really were, uh, not wanting to look past this season. It seemed like they were really heavily invested in this season and kind of not wanting to say anything that would kind of, you know, marginalize this year at all. Okay. Or even just, uh, or possibly, give themselves any bad luck by, by speaking negatively uh, about it. Yeah, well, they were, but, like, they weren't arrogant. That was the one thing. Like, they definitely made a point to say, if we win, this is what it would mean if we win. You know, uh, you know I'm so happy even with what's happened already. So there wasn't, a, there wasn't a presumption that they were going to win, but there also, at the same time, was this feeling that they were way, like, much further ahead than I thought they were. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, at, at this point, they're, they're still riding a high. Just, you know, they could, be, they could be one point ahead, and that could feel like they're a mile ahead of the second-place team because they've never experienced that before. Right, I mean, and I think, and, you know, and the fans are very, um, very knowledgeable as well, so they, they know... You know, one of the first things out of their mouths is that Tottenham has a much tougher schedule coming up than, than we do, and we have more home games than they do. Like, they knew what the deal was. Well, you know, one thing I uh, sort of love about this season, and this, is, this has been the first time I've really been focusing on the Premier League a lot. You know, I used to watch it very casually. But this is, so for me, this, is, this feels like my first Premier League, and it almost feels like, oh, then this must happen all the time, right? Clearly, uh, if this is happening right now. But one thing that I uh, uh, love about, even though Leicester's not the team, they're not my favorite team, they're not the team I support. I, 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 don't, I don't know, if it, this is just such a great story that it's difficult to wish uh, uh, any negativity on them. You wa- you want them to win, and it, it, it's a weird thing in that you you know we were just talking about the passion that every uh, supporter shows for 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 their club, especially in England. So there's a, there's a weird thing happening with Tottenham and Arsenal 
especially those two who who have such a bitter rivalry that they're watching Leicester live this dream that they that they they're they sort of have the pressure of always being there and always winning but Leicester's success is taking away from the 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 credibility of their struggle and it's and it's hurting a lot of uh fans because it, what's happening to Leicester is so beautiful but they can't really like hate on Leicester so much because it's so incredible what's happening to them. You know, that's actually one of the things that I found to be really interesting. And I don't know whether it means that we're like such, such haters are so invested in schadenfreude here in this country, but I would run into Arsenal fans, um, you know, obviously after they, uh, I think did they lose, they lose last week. Um, no, they won. They, oh, they, yeah, they beat Everton. They won last week? They beat Everton. Oh, yeah. they beat Everton. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ran into fans of other clubs. Uh, I'm r- riding the tube, and I'm using the terminology intentionally to be uh, condescending. <laughs> uh, but I'm riding, I'm riding the tube, and you know, I ran into guys with Chelsea gear on, and uh, guys with um, you know Man City gear on, and and you know teams, you know, aside from their own team, were rooting for Leicester. Uh, and I don't know that that would be, I mean, I think people generally might root for the story here, but I feel like most people would be, um, probably a little bit, uh, embittered about what happened with their own team, but there really was a universal, um, support of Leicester outside of Tottenham fans. And even in Leicester, uh, you know, we ended up going to Leicester university where, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's a school. So people are from all over. England and all over Europe, and so there's fans of, of lots of different teams were there, but everybody was rooting for Leicester because of what it would mean to, to the city. And interestingly enough, Leicester is, what I didn't know, is known as one of the more um, multicultural uh, parts of England, so they have three brothers there instead of one. Okay. Wow. Fancy. I know, it's crazy. Uh, no, there was a lot of Africans there. There was a lot of Indians there. There was a lot, was a lot of uh, a lot of different people were there. So that was also that's another storyline with them is, is that it's you know they're kind of seen as being kind of having the open door policy, and obviously that's a big issue in Europe right now. Yeah, well, there, so, there was sort of that. I don't know if you know that famous story. It may, it may have come up uh, that there was a. I, I think it was in Uganda. Uh, there, there were a lot of people, uh, um, a lot of refugees, a lot of people leaving because there was a lot of uh, turmoil, turmoil there. And in in one of the papers in Uganda, uh, some people from Leicester, somebody from Leicester, put in an ad uh, to tell people to not to come to Leicester uh, because they just did, they didn't want to take any refugees, and because the people who read it, they they. They had they had no knowledge of England. They didn't really know of places. They only saw Leicester, so they were like, "Oh, let's go to Leicester. This is the only place I know." So they had a huge influx of immigrants because, uh, and that's not what they wanted at all. They were trying to deter people from going there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's that's interesting. That story actually didn't didn't come up. <laughs> uh, it, may, it might be something they're a little uh, uh, like ashamed of. Who knows? Yeah, they definitely didn't hit me with that. Um, I don't know. Maybe that made them even more wanting to highlight, uh, you know, that. Oh, sure. Maybe, you know, maybe they were working against that. You know. Yeah, that's right. Um, there's, there's progress, so that's a good. That's a good sign. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it it seemed to be. You know, I look. I was I was comfortable there, and you know, I was made to feel comfortable there. I did ask. I did ask whether they how they felt about bandwagon fans. Okay, uh, and you know, and they actually seemed to want the more the merrier. They really seemed to just want to be on the map. You know, they kind of wanted Lester to be a thing in people's consciousness. So really, the more people. Uh, that could that could support the team and get the word out. They were all in favor of. Yeah, so I I, that was, you that know, was awesome. I've even know? I've even seen a couple Leicester City uh, jerseys in in Brooklyn. I mean, it's 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 crazy. You know, they they're not they're not known as some global brand. But that that's a, another question I had. How how did they like? How did the people there respond to the fact that literally the entire world is talking about Leicester? You know, I, I imagine this was, this wasn't a common thing in the past. They seem really flattered about it, actually. Uh, they couldn't believe, you know, they were really shocked that we even knew about their story in America, which was, you know, I don't know what that says about what they think our awareness <laughs> level of things. Yeah, um, they're, they're impressed if we can read, you know? <laughs> right. It, you, know, they were, you know, I was traveling around London going to, you know, attractions and whatnot, and they would ask if there's any Americans, so they knew to speak more slowly. Uh, <laughs> sure, that happened. That, that happened a couple times. So, uh, you know, they they really seem to be flattered with the fact that people knew about Leicester. They were talking about Leicester, and uh, you know, the team was was certainly uh, very amenable to us uh, shooting there. And you know, I actually talked to their team historian, um, and he's been swamped with with requests and things like that. So, I mean, it, it definitely, they seem to really be relishing, you know, kind of this moment, but, you know, in, in the best ways. Uh, you know, I don't think it's, it's it's gone to their head or anything like that. It probably hasn't been long enough for it to. Sure, but, sure. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We once felt this way about the New England Patriots. And the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, they were. So, yeah, they were the the underdogs at one point, and then eventually they became yeah. they became uh, you know president business. They were the evil. <laughs> uh, they, they became the worst. Is what they became. <laughs> they became the worst. So uh, oh, this is so great. So um, the the piece is coming out. Uh, it'll be out tomorrow. So we're recording this on Tuesday. It'll be out Wednesday. So that that it, you you can find it probably online as well, right? I imagine. Yeah, you can definitely find it online. It'll be out Wednesday uh, morning. March. It'll run most of most of the day into the afternoon on Wednesday, and then um, it'll be online. Sports Center will post it and they'll send it out. Actually, typically when we do a piece, uh, you know, typically they run about two and a half to three minutes. This one they cut a minute version. They cut a five minute version, and I think they're going to cut a third version as well. So they they really. Uh, we're pushing this uh, this piece pretty hard, so it shouldn't be too difficult to find. But I mean, I certainly will post it on all of my stuff, so those eighty people get a chance to see it. <laughs> yeah, I, more people that want to come on board. I want to see the Reese Waters and Lester documentary, the feature film that should be at the Cannes Film Festival. It, I think it should. I mean, you know, if they at least just had uh, followed me. And the shirtless guy that features prominently in the piece as well, uh, that would make for pretty good entertainment. As well as uh, one of the guys that we that we interviewed for the piece had one of the tickets that he um, that he bet before before the season when it was five thousand to one. Oh right, right, and yeah. 
yeah, he's a huge fan. And actually, he could cash out right now for, you know, a, a 30%, 40%, maybe even 50% of the value of the ticket he could cash out. Um, but he's holding on to it because he said he's a Lester fan and it means more to him that the team wins and even to get the money. So that, um, That's incredible. Cause I, I've heard of a couple of uh, – a couple of people have cashed out because, it, you know, the, the, those 5,000 to 1, some people were, you know, could, could get like 30,000, 40,000 euro. Uh, so – yep. Uh, you know, I guess they're not as passionate. They don't believe in their team as much. Uh, as much well, as five thousand to one, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Which I found out was that's longer odds than there were for um a sixteen seed to win the NCAA tournament. That's which a, that's a incredible. Sixteen seed has never even won one game, <laughs> and they have better odds than than Leicester City to to win the title. So. That's pretty insane. That's incredible. Uh, well, Reese, what what else are uh, you doing, man? I, I, you know, we, we do comedy shows together from time to time when you're in New York. Uh, what? Uh, how do you how do you balance the life of an ESPN commentator and and comedy? I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you're just you're just, um, you're just working I, on you're working on one arm at this point at the gym. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, man, I just, I got to work out my material uh, on camera. That's basically how it happens. Okay. Um, I mean, really, I wanted to, you know, I was hoping to come out here and maintain the stand-up, but it's really hard when you're spoiled by New York, where you can really stay in town and get the stage time that you need to stay sharp. That just doesn't exist other places. Okay. You know, so I would really need to travel uh, frequently to stay on stage as much as I would need to be sharp. And that's really at odds with what I need to do for ESPN. So I haven't been doing uh, very much stand-up lately, which is definitely something that I, I would love to change. But in the short term, I've been really focusing on, on getting these commentaries together. That's one way I've been getting scratching at uh, that comedy itch. So I'm going to have this new segment called What It Is that I started doing for Sports Center, which comes out once a week. It's about a three-minute uh, rant that I do, comedic rant. So... And then the podcast. I started doing a podcast myself, which, by the way, we have, we gotta have we gotta have uh, you guys on the podcast. Oh yeah, we'd love uh, to. Yeah. Um. So that's that's kind of how I've been checking that comedy box. But uh, you know, definitely getting on stage and doing stand up. I'm envious of you guys that, that can continue to do it. Oh man! Oh please! Every every New York comedian is envious of you. Seeing you. Uh, kill it on ESPN. Uh, how, you know what? One of the one of the things I was always curious about. Maybe it's just for me. When you're, uh, you know, I've, I've seen several of the pieces you've done on ESPN. How do you manage the? Is there? I'm, you know, ESPN is owned by Disney, right? As a comic, it's like when you want to keep there's certain edits. You know, you have to make there's things there's certain jokes that that you just cannot put on television that you think are. Uh, uh, you know, are brilliant. Uh, has that happened? Uh, is that a big part of the struggle sometimes? Like when there's like uh, uh, content that you like, this is a great joke. I, I will die for this joke, but they will not allow you to put it in. Yeah. I mean, in my experience, um, the, the more eyeballs you have on what you're doing, the more cooks you have in the kitchen. Right. Yeah. So when I was doing uh, Unite, which was on ESPNU at midnight, even though that was also Disney, we had a ton of freedom because at the end of the day, if it went off the rails, only eight people would see it anyway. <laughs> but Sports Center is the complete opposite end of the spectrum. So this is, a, you know, a brand that they're 
that they've spent a very long time building to the level that it is now, and they're very protective of it, and rightfully so. So I do have to kind of pick my battles with 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 some stuff. Um, I think I have a little bit more freedom than most because of my comedic background, um, and also they don't expect me to maintain any sort of journalistic integrity. <laughs> Isn't that so, nice? Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, I don't. I don't have that. Somebody actually, somebody actually tweeted at me um, after some rant that I did. You know, stick to um, journalism, and I was like, I never did that. <laughs> I was like, I, that was never anything that that I, that I did. So I think I have a little bit more rope than most, but um, you know, sometimes you you know you'll be kind of surprised with what you can get in there. I think I try and take the South Park approach and, and blitz them with requests and hope that you get half the stuff that you wanted to get in there. That's great, man. Well, Reese, uh, thank you so much for doing this, man. I really, really appreciate it. And I uh, hope I get to see you soon. Uh, you can f- you f- make sure everybody listening, follow Reese on Twitter. He's great, at Reese Waters, uh, also on Instagram. Uh, he's always on ESPN. You'll see him once a week. Uh, and I think wait, I'm looking at your Twitter. Uh, you're also on Snapchat. Look at you, uh, lying about your age. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm definitely up on Snapchat. <laughs> Nobody knows uh, my age that follows me on Snapchat. Um, so so far so good. I'm enjoying. I, my thing with Snapchat is I haven't publicized it so much because I'm kind of wanting to play around with it before. I even have anybody follows me that can get me in trouble. No doubt. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, Reese also does the the Off Center podcast uh, on uh, ESPN, so you can just find it on there, right? It's on like you can find that on like the ESPN app and yep. all those things, right? Uh, yep. Reese, uh, very very grateful. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this, dude. I uh, I appreciate it, and uh, and make sure people listening watch uh, Sports Center or follow Reese on Twitter, so you can find the piece about Leicester City. I can't wait to see it. I'm sure it's going to be very, very fun. Sounds good, man. I really appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. So that was Reese, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to that. That, that was a lot of fun. Uh, congratulations to Reese Waters for being the first guest on The Cooligans. I know he is honored uh, to, to, to have that that crown uh, and uh, and we're, we're going to have a lot more guests in the future but we're very grateful for Reese taking some time out and talking to us about his trip to Leicester City make sure you go to ESPN.com or just watch SportsCenter I'm sure you have it on right now already or you probably have it in a, in a tab open on, on your, you know at work and hoping your boss doesn't see it so but make sure you watch this segment about Leicester City it's great uh, again very grateful that he took some time out to talk to us about it so uh Thank you guys for listening. Uh, you know, I, on, on behalf of Alexis, on behalf of Kirby, I want to say thank you uh, for listening. And make sure, you know, do all the social media stuff. Uh, you know, uh, follow us on, on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Everything at Soccer Cooligans. We're on Vine. Go to our website. Check us out. Hit us up. Ask us questions. Feel free to do that. Get on our mailing list. There are so many things. Also, uh the 26th, March 26th is the final day to sign up for the Cooligans uh, MLS Fantasy League. So get on uh, our mailing list and we can, we'll can we send you the link to do that. Uh, or just hit us up. Email us soccercooligans at gmail.com and say, hey, I want to I wanna sign up for the, for the uh, Fantasy League. Just hit us up and uh, we'll make sure that happens. So we, have a, we already have a bunch of people on board. There's going to be a prize to the winner. Uh, so it's going to be a, a nice, fun MLS season. We'll all 
you know, focus and, and really get into the MLS season together. So please join us uh, while we do that. So, again, thank you very much. On behalf of Alexis and Kirby, we're uh, very grateful that you guys are listening. So, uh, and, 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 yeah, keep, keep supporting the cool again.